0: Welcome to today's episode of Behind the Dish Softball with your hosts, Ashley Rowley, Shelby Babcock, and Dr. Allie Dake. If you haven't done so, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And be sure to follow us on social media at Behind the Dish SB. Again, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at Behind the Dish SB. Hey, everyone, welcome to Behind the Dish Softball. I'm your co-host, Ashley Rowley, along with Dr. Allie Dake and Shelby Babcock. Today's episode is um, very special. It's very authentic and it's very real. We're gonna be talking about body image today um, and specifically as it relates to eating disorders. So I wanna give you, our listeners, a heads up that for some of you, this may be a sensitive topic. Um, It may trigger some emotions, but we felt this was an important topic because this is, this is an issue and a subject and a topic that so many females in general, but also so many female athletes struggle with on a daily basis. Dr. Ali, you, you, can, you uh, um, did some research on a study where of the athletes that were studied, 23% of them were at risk an eating disorder. And of those 23%, 82 of them were elite athletes. We look at athletes who, <clears throat> we look at their uniforms, we look at their apparel, yeah. what they're wearing, right? Gymnasts, cheerleaders, volleyball players, swimmers, swimmers divers, rowers, rowers right? And, and you look at basically it's it's so form fitting. It's like you're wearing your skin. Yeah. Okay. So how you feel in uniform, but how you look in that, it it is a huge contributor that it plays in with not only your physical skill set and ability to play the game, but how you look and how that plays with your mind and emotions. Right. So uh, we want to give, give you a heads up, that that's what we're going to talk about. And we have a very special guest with us today that Shelby's going to introduce, who's going to share her story with an eating disorder. She is, is, and was an elite athlete, and she's going to walk us through what she lived every day um, and give us some tips and tools to recover from that. So first of all, Uh, Nancy, and I'm going to let Shelby introduce you, but Nancy, I want to thank you for being with us. I want to thank you for your courage and your willingness to share your story because behind the dish, I mean, we're, we're conversations with a greater purpose. So if this episode and if this conversation can help anyone who's listening to this, maybe get some help on the road to recovery, Uh, We can't thank you enough for being willing uh, to be here and share that story. So with no further ado, Shelby, will you please introduce our special guest? Yes,
1: of course. Um, So with us today, we have Nancy Bowling. Um, She was raised in Simi Valley, California, where she grew up living and breathing softball. Okay. She was a four-year letter winner at Royal High School, ranked number seven on ESPN's top 100 softball recruits, awarded first team all-state during her senior season, Posted a 25 and three record during her senior season with a 0.43 ERA girl and 246 strikeouts. (laughs) (laughs) Small details. yeah, Just small. Just Just small. small. Yeah. Um, Recorded a 302 um, 302 strikeouts as a freshman in 2009, which led all freshmen nationally. Um, Named Royal High School Female Athlete of the Year, as well as Ventura Star Athlete of the Year. She um, played over 20 years of softball um, included and in, in, in college at the University of Arizona. And that is where she graduated in 2017 with two bachelors, one in agribusiness and one in psychology. After college, she remained involved in softball co- coaching while pursuing a career in business. In addition to providing private lessons, Nancy spent a year coaching at Moore Park College as a volunteer assistant prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. After a few years behind a desk and self-reflecting, she knew she needed a career path um, change so she felt she could give back more. For the past few years, she has been working in healthcare, coaching privately and attending school in pursuit of a Bachelor of Science in Nursing which she is going to be going to Tennessee here in a week, right? Is that what you said?
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, so following graduation, she plans to continue her education and efforts to become a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. Wow. So welcome, Nancy. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited as well. Nice to meet you, Nancy. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. So kind of diving into this podcast today, I brought Nancy on here. I was fortunate to be able to go to school with her. Um, She's a very special friend of mine um, and very excited to have her here. So I brought her here um, today to share her story with us. She has been through it all, but has come out on top. And I'm just so proud of you. Um, I kind of want to dive in a little bit more into how things started to change a little bit. Um, What year were we? It started,
2: I think the real change started my sophomore year is kind of when I started to fixate on it a little bit. Um, but by my junior year, so you were a two years older than me, I believe two classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So by my junior year, it was just like full blown kind of no point of return thing.
1: Yeah. And so what, for listeners, what we're talking about here is, um, you know, me and Nancy were super close and we'd go to dinners all the time. Um, we'd hang out, go to movies all the time. Um, all of our hobbies, together um i started to notice just a big change and actually our good friend alex levine um was also kind of involved in this as well we started to notice changes in nancy um we'd go to dinner and she would wait for all of us to order our food first um to kind of see what we were ordering and we were noticing differences in um nancy starting to lose weight and starting to look different and we were getting really concerned um We had talked to her about it a few times, um, just kind of seeing where she was at. And then eventually we went to coach Kendrea, um, which was a huge supporter and all that. So I kind of, I I want you to talk about where that change came from, um, and kind of speak to that a little bit, Nancy. Okay.
2: Yeah. So for me growing up, as you can tell in high school, I was fairly successful in my softball career. Um, then all of a sudden I went to college and things started to change. It was no longer as, I wouldn't want to say easy, but there was no longer like a, a little fish or a big fish in a little pond kind of situation. Everybody there was at an elite level. And this was also the first time that I was away from home. I was homeschooled up until high school. So I was very close with my family, had a huge support system. So I was kind of trying to figure out who I was, what I was doing and so on and so forth. Starting my freshman year, I didn't have the year that I had anticipated and that I had hoped and had imagined in my mind, and I knew that I needed to be better and I constantly, constantly had this belief that one more, doing one more rep, working a little bit harder, doing extra would make me better. Um, that was also the first time in my freshman year was when I was started to look at the scale more. I wasn't really stepping on a scale, checking my weight or anything like that, but we had weight check-ins, which was different because I thought, I mean, okay, when did weight ever become an issue with softball? But I understand why now looking at it, it's making sure that we're staying on course, that we're gaining muscle mass, that we're being as elite as we can be. Um, my sophomore year, things started to decline a little bit more. I wasn't performing the way that I wanted. I was really frustrated with my pitching. There were certain things that I was working on that I couldn't quite grasp. So I started to kind of look at myself as a failure. Because I am a perfectionist. I like being the best at things. I like doing things mm-hmm. better than anybody else. It's what I strive for. Um, but you, as you I and start-
0: every other female athlete, right? Say, yeah,
2: exactly. All yeah. Sitting around this table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we love to be the best. Like it's it's in our blood. The pressure, the the ability to compete, the feeling of, for me, striking somebody out and making them look silly, and just kind of having that that extra umph behind me. And I remember, I think my sophomore year, I, it was my sophomore year going into it. I tore my plantar fascia. I had my first kind of big injury and then I got a setback and I wasn't allowed to pitch and pitching was something that I had done for that point since I was eight or nine years old every single day. And then all of a sudden I couldn't, and it was really, really frustrating. And I started working on form changes and they were form changes that I didn't quite understand and couldn't quite comprehend. Um, And then I remember I came back from my fall break and I stepped on the scale and I was the heaviest I had ever been. And I only know that because comparing it from my freshman earlier that year to that. Um, And then there were some comments like, oh, you gained a little bit of weight. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, Who were those comments from? It was just from, you know, teammates, whatever it might be. We talk a lot about, I mean, we're girls, right? We constantly say, how much did you weigh? Like, ooh, I feel fat. Ooh, my pants are fitting a little tighter. Things like that.
1: I even remember, you know, half of us kind of putting our hands around it because we didn't want anyone to know what our weight was, right? Exactly. We were like kind of hiding it. It It's like, well, we don't want everyone to know what our weight is, right? We were kind of like self-conscious of that. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I specifically remember doing that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, if it went up, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And you would be like, oh my God, now yeah. I have to start doing extra cardio. But in reality,
0: I'll- like your trainers want it to go up because they are yeah. increasing yeah. Muscle, mass. muscle mass. That's yeah. how they exactly. know that you are properly.
1: Yeah. yeah you're getting stronger. But yeah. You, but, but were we informed of that is actually a great thing to, mm-hmm. to kind of go into no. a little bit. Like were we informed to know that? <clears throat> I think the
2: mindset, especially, I feel like it's changed over the past couple of years. But for us, when we were there, um, there was a very big, more weight means you're fat. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. It doesn't mean that you're building muscle mass and you're building strength. And it's like, oh, cool. Look, instead of squatting 135, I can squat like 245 now. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: that comes with weight gain, which is looking at it differently. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So that's a that's a big thing. And it's for us, it was just we're young 20-year-old girls who don't really comprehend that. We're still trying to figure out who we are. We look at these skinnier girls who are all in college with us and we don't look like that. Right. So it's like, our ideal of what we should be doesn't quite match with what softball and strength was. If that Maybe our sense. non-athlete
0: counterparts.
2: Exactly. So there was kind of a, a struggle in finding out, Oh, who am I? I don't look like this. Um, but I think for me, a big change was, as I said, I wasn't performing in softball. So I started trying to look at things that I can control. And when I stepped on that scale and I saw how much I weighed, I was like, bingo. Bingo. I'm going to lose weight. I need to lose weight. Um, so, so I started trying to lose weight a little bit and then the compliments started coming. Oh, look, you lost weight. You look good. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. I was like, oh, cool. I'm doing something right. And then, and then at the same time I was trying to change my pitching and I wasn't doing good at that, but I was doing good at losing weight.
0: So what did that, so, that, that feel good? Exactly. Up
2: in of exactly. So I, I started working more on that. I was like, well, I can't control how my pitching is going. I'm sucking at that, which is something that I told myself every single day was that I suck. I suck. I suck. And then I also kind of adopted that mentality. Well, you're not good enough to eat. You don't deserve
0: to eat. Oh, wow.
2: So yeah. So I wasn't giving myself food if I had a bad day because I thought I suck. And then I was like, well, I lose weight at the same time. So it was kind of a punishment and a reward all at the same time, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: And then Um, that continued. And then everybody went away for summer. And I remember I stepped on the scale and I weighed myself. Oh, I feel, I feel good. I look good. I'm playing. Okay. But I'm still not performing to how I want. Um, so I continued to do extra cardio because I was like the skinnier and the leaner I am, the stronger I'm going to be, which didn't really make sense looking back Mm -hmm. at it. But I just Mm -hmm. thought if I continued to work out, I'd be stronger and it would help me get better. Um, but it was the opposite effect. I did worse, the skinnier and leaner I got. Yeah. And then I, I didn't give myself a food because I didn't think I deserved it. And it was just a, a big cycle kind of spiral
1: thing. Um, um, to, keep, to keep in mind too, it's like, we're, we're D1 athletes, right? And mm-hmm. we're working out, how many, I mean, constantly mm-hmm. we're burning yes. calories like no other, yeah. right? Yes. And I actually remember, cause we went and got a choose membership together. Remember? Mm-hmm. We're like, yes, we did. We're we're did. Gonna, we're so it's a choose. fitness- it's a fitness place. So we're, I mean, we talk about like our regimen, right? We're, Mm -hmm. we're, um, waking up early for weights. We go to study hall, we go to class, then we go straight to bullpens. Then we go straight to class. Right. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards we would go hit up shoes and we're like, okay, let's go run a few miles. Right. And (laughs) like, what were we thinking? Like I I (laughs) needed a little recovery to our body. Right. But we were just trying to get, well, it becomes an an
0: addiction. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: And then it's when you perform a little bit better, I started to see results a little bit. When I started doing my cardio, I was able to last longer in games and I felt good. And then it went away.
3: Mm-hmm. If that makes
2: sense. That was yeah. prior yeah. to a short time. Yeah. it was, I don't know what I was thinking. Looking back now, it's probably exercising six hours a day, seven hours mm-hmm. a day, which oh, yeah. is ridiculous. And on top of that, I probably wasn't eating more than 1200 calories, mm-hmm. way less
1: mm-hmm. yep.
2: because I thought that was what was going to help me. Um, another thing is there's a lot of toxic information on the internet. So if you don't know what you're looking for, the 1200 calorie diets and all that stuff, don't eat carbs, don't eat cheese, all that stuff. I started to look at that and that was the stuff that I was fixating on because I didn't know better. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, I'm going to eat super duper clean. And then I was avoiding things that I love, I love cheese. I stopped eating cheese. I love bread. I stopped eating bread. Um, next thing I knew, the only thing that I was eating was basically, vegetables, fruits, and a couple of meat. I remember looking at cooking for myself. I wouldn't eat anything unless I cooked it myself. And I knew the exact calorie amount. Talking about going to dinner, I would look at the menus ahead of time to try to see what looked like had it had the less amount of calories. And then I would calculate it and subtract things like no avocado, no cheese in a chicken tortilla soup. And then I yeah. wouldn't get, yeah, so all I'm eating is chicken and broth. And it was things like that. And it was just kind of a prison in my own mind, if I'm being completely honest. It was not a fun thing because it was a constant fixation. I remember sitting in class looking at food because I couldn't eat it. And I knew I couldn't eat it, but I could in reality. Um, So I just look at it and be like, oh, that looks so good. I'll put that. And my grades even started to slip. That was the first time forever that I didn't have the best grades. And I normally was an A, B student and I started getting C's and stuff. So because I was so focused on food, I couldn't think right, couldn't think straight. And then I was thinking about, oh gosh, I have to go exercise after this. I would even exercise. We would have weights, I'd have class, I'd go to choose and run, come back, go to class, then I'd go to bullpen's, go home, run, eat a little bit, go for a walk around the block. It was absolutely ridiculous. Wow. Looking back at it. I don't know how I managed to survive through that, because in reality. Um, I remember when I went, cause I went into rehab for it for a couple months. And when I went in, they said that I was super lucky because my heart was stopping. All my organs were going to start failing. If I managed so to stay on it.
0: Let's back up just a little bit. But let's kind of talk about that point when Shelby, you
1: noticed mm-hmm. that there was something wrong and that, that Nancy needed some help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I remember me and Alex actually went down and, um, we sat with Kendrea and, Kind of, because we we had talked to you about it before, but mm-hmm. I feel like there was a sense from you where it was kind of like a denial, like I'm fine, hundred percent thing, right? 100%. And um, so, I mean, me and Alex were like, "This is not, this isn't." I mean, we noticed, you know, your body was changing, you were changing, right? Mm-hmm. Your hobbies with us started going to choose, right? And mm-hmm. you would go run. We're like, "Well, what is she doing? Where is she going?" And we never saw her anymore. So we eventually started to go to Kendraia, mm-hmm. and we're like sitting him down. We're like, "Hey." Something is off like she's our best friend and something is not right like mm-hmm. she's losing we can see her losing weight yeah um her energy dropped super fast um she doesn't hang out with us anymore she's not talking to us um so we went and talked to him and I think that was kind of the final point of I think he brought I don't know I think he brought you in to talk to you about it correct um so there was a little bit of a process with it um okay. he knew I something so. was
2: up he definitely did um and he asked me he was the team, I swear the team that I had there, I am so thankful for, because if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for you and Alex and Bruce and Dr. Athey and coach, I would probably not be where I am today. Mm-hmm. The support system that I had there and the support system that I had at home was phenomenal in making sure that I got to where I was or am today. But I remember him saying it was in summer, it was in spring or something. And he called me into his office and he said, Hey, are, are you eating enough? are you sure? Because you're an athlete, you need to make sure that you're eating and was coming from a real place of concern. And I was like, yeah, coach, I, I am. Um, and then I remember I was tracking my food, Bruce and coach had me tracking my food, writing down what I ate so that they could see, make sure that I was actually eating. The only thing is I lied. (laughs) That was the 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 downside of it. So I got this Fitbit Mm -hmm. that they put on me so they could track my activity. They're like, you have to wear this so we can see what you're doing and you don't get access to the information, but we do. (laughs) <laughs> and um, yeah, it was great.
0: <laughs> but I was did like, you? Okay. Then here's a question though. Did you wear it? Did you take it off? I wore it. Okay. Good girl. But
2: um, there was good and bad with it because mm-hmm. I kind of got fixated on reaching a certain amount of calories burned because I could see that uh-huh. and then fixating on steps and stuff, which was something I didn't have access to before, but at least they can kind of see what I was doing. And it was a, it was a very, very smart move on their part because then they had the data to back it up. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was definitely, definitely a point where coach brought me in. And then I think we had a a big Fullerton tournament and I just, let me say, um, in addition to the eating disorder, a lot of this started with anxiety and depression as well. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of anxiety. I wanted to be perfect. Um, I'm not the kind of person that likes to sit still, still to this day. I like to constantly be doing something. Um, so that kind of fed into it. And then with depression was, I reached a point, I struggled with it, and then I reached a point, eating disorders do not help with it because they mess with your mind, but I just didn't want to be around. Wasn't that I wanted to, you know, not be alive, but I just didn't, how do I phrase this? I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to be alive, if that makes sense. Like, I remember just sitting there thinking like, this sucks. I don't want to do this. I don't want to get up. I suck at softball. I don't, I started to isolate myself. So I felt very alone. Um, and it was just that also kind of fed into it as well. Cause I was like, well, I don't get to eat. I don't want to do anything. Um, mm-hmm. Just distract myself. The less I eat, the more I slept. It was kind of great. Not great, but for where I was at in my mindset. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah.
2: Like, okay. And then I remember it was during this Fullerton tournament. I kind of had a little bit of a breakdown. I was like, sitting there and just crying because I did so horrible. And coach came over and he was talking to me. And then that week is when I got pulled into an office and they said, honey, you have a eating disorder <coughs> and you can't keep playing like this. So we found a place for you to go. And then I just kind of lost it. I mean, in reality, I knew that something was wrong. I called my sister one time and I was like, I don't understand. I was like, I think there's something wrong. I can't eat more than, more than this amount of calories or whatever it is. She said, yeah, that's not right. I said, but I'm okay. Cause I'm, I'm getting stronger. Right. I'm getting stronger. She said, no, I was like, I'm getting stronger. And then I hung up on her, but my family started to see it from so far away. And then I guess before they had that talk with me, they called my parents mm-hmm. and I found out later my mom and coach were and dad were all like crying on the phone together and saying, we have to take care of Nancy. We have to make sure that she's okay. And that is one of the hardest conversations I ever had in my life, but one of the best conversations I ever had, because there was a moment of you don't do this. You don't get to play softball. So softball was a big part Mm -hmm. of my identity. It was a big part of who I was, even if I wasn't doing well in it. So I said, okay, I'll go, but only if I could play again. And so I went to the rehab center. It was called McCallum Center. Um, Fabulous place. Wonderful people there. Um, And I went in and I said, okay, you know what? There's one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to get out of this place as soon as I can. So I can start playing softball again. I can start being a better person again, so on and so forth. And um, I set tiny little goals for myself while I was there. I would make sure that I, as hard as it was, not exercising, as hard as it was, not communicating with your family during a certain time and your friends, and being away from softball, I really had to kind of take time to focus on me and make sure that I was better. Um, When I walked in there, I looked, and that's kind of the first moment that it hit me that I was like, oh, crap, I really do have a problem. Because just seeing all the people there who were going through similar things, some a little farther along, it was just really kind of eye opening. And that's when I cried myself to sleep that night and everything, but they were explaining the meal processes and everything. And they're saying they have these things called insure. And if you refuse to eat, you would get an insure if you didn't sign up for snacks. So I told myself, I'm never going to get an insure. Never. Like I'm going to sign up for every single meal. I'm going to eat every single thing. Um, it and I just like kind pro- of, it's a protein shake. Yeah, it is. It's hundred percent a protein shake, but I was scared, scared of it. I got a blueberry muffin, and I have I have a journal that I kept with me from it because I think it's a good reminder, kind of of how far I came.
1: Yeah.
2: They gave us a blueberry muffin one morning. I had half a blueberry muffin. That was what was in my my meal plan. I went home and I cried because I was so scared of eating a blueberry muffin because mm-hmm. there was carbs in it, there was sugar in it, there was butter and there was all this stuff that I knew that went into it, and I had not let myself eat that for like a year because mm-hmm. I deemed it as so bad and I thought that it was going to put me back into like this progress of not being good again. And I wasn't able to control things. And that was kind of my comfort was I was able to control what I was doing, what I was consuming. I was able to kind of, I was good at it, but I wasn't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I thought I was good at it. That was the one thing that I was doing that I thought was right, but it wasn't right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I just went through there and constantly told myself, trust the process, just trust the process, just trust the process. And there were a lot of hard days. There were tons of them. Um, but I constantly tried to push myself mentally to be uncomfortable. And it was trying to face kind of your flaws and dealing with the fact that you have certain things going on in your life. And that just because that was where I first started to realize that softball wasn't my identity. It wasn't who I was. I had all these other things to it. And um, it was cool because I, I remember my body started to change. We weren't mm-hmm. allowed to stay awake. It's a good thing. But I remember I got night sweats really bad because one thing that your body does is when you starve it is your metabolism starts to shut down, right? So your body's not working. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden I started feeding it correctly and I woke up and I was dripping in sweat. just. Just so hot, and it's just because my body started being like, "Okay, we're working again."
0: Yeah.
2: And they said, "Oh, that's super duper normal." So, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, this is weird. Uh, <laughs> All right. cool. whatever you say.
2: But there's there's a lot of things to it that mm-hmm. is just. At the time, I was like, "That's really weird. Why are you doing that?" But looking back now, I get it. Um, mm-hmm. So for anybody who had bulimic issues, anytime you went to the bathroom, they had to check before you went flushed it to make sure you weren't, you know doing anything crazy. Yeah. So, okay, that's weird, but I understand it now. Yeah. Um, and it was just all the different types of therapies that they introduced and um really kind of learning that you are so much more than what you look like, you're so much more than your sport. Um you're a daughter, a sister for some people, a mother, whatever it may be and it's just um, you don't have to punish yourself constantly because you don't perform in your sport because your sport is not who you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if you're unhappy, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to talk about your feelings. You don't have to be perfect all the time. And that was a big struggle for me because I thought I had to be perfect. I thought I had to be phenomenal. If I had looked back going in, I was like, I'm going to be a four-time All-American. I'm going to do this. Softball is going to be my life. Um, And it wasn't that way it was completely different. I struggled, um, trying to figure out who I was in this, this completely different environment. And it was just, it was a lot. And for me, I mean, it was like, it was a perfect storm. There's eating disorders that go back in my family. Um, not my immediate, but I have family who have had issues with it. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my friends in high school had it. Depression is also another issue. I know that that is something that's really common. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and right now, anxiety and depression in the pandemic. That, yeah. Is, is really rampant. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And it's, it's hard because once you, once you're in that mindset, you're kind of blind to it. You refuse to admit it and it's just, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm okay. And the more that you lie to yourself, the more you believe it. Yeah. And the more you try to hide it, the more you think you're doing a good job at it but it just gets worse. And then you start blocking people out. And then it's so easy to just get in your head and start spiraling and spiraling and spiraling. And next thing, you know, it's, it's hard to ask for help, but it's when you need it the most. Yeah, And it's yeah. sometimes it just takes somebody reaching their hand out saying, this is what's going on. You need, you need help. Yeah. And it's, it's the best thing you can do is just kind of accepting that help, no matter what the reason is for me, it was, I was going to play softball again. That was at the time it was my mindset, but looking back now, yes, I got to play softball again, but out of it, I got to be a person again. Mm-hmm. I get to go out to dinner and I get to enjoy it. Um, I get to eat a pizza and not fry. I get to go home at night after a workout and I don't have to run again. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. I can, I could sit in class and I could focus on the, the schoolwork that's being presented and not thinking about my next meal.
0: Yeah.
2: I could just kind of enjoy being alive again. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It wasn't just going through the motions and trying to make myself so small and so invisible and kind of disappearing. It was, it was nice to be like, I'm here. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's kind of what I needed. Cause I was yep. just trying so hard to hide from everything, trying yep. so hard to hide from my failures mm-hmm hide from my friends, hide from my family, hide my eating disorder, hide from the fact that I was sucking, hide from the fact that I was super depressed about
3: it. Mm-hmm.
2: Which
3: that wasn't... so much extra energy mm-hmm. on top of everything else, right? Exactly. It's exhausting.
2: It is. It's so yeah. exhausting. And it's just, it's, you stand up and you think you're going to pass out. Yep. And I was doing that at I was doing wall sits at, oh, hi, doggy. It's
0: (laughs) windy outside.
3: It's windy, (laughs) and there's a dog.
2: But it was just, it was a clarity in my mind and then just feeling alive again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If that
2: makes sense.
0: You know, there's so many, there's so many points to this that that I want to touch on. First of all, it goes back to our very first episode about exactly what makes a well rounded athlete Mm -hmm. and, and that concept of your pie. Who are you? without Mm -hmm. softball, what other pieces make up you? I mean, it is so many times, and we talked about this on that episode. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that first episode, I encourage you to do so, do so and making your pie because in in moments like this, where there's a piece of your life where you have dominated, right? You're the big fish. And this happens to a lot of athletes, especially coming out of high school into college. I mean, I was from a small town, right? So I dominated every team I played on. And then I went to the University of Florida, and it's a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like nobody cares what you did in high school or summer ball because yeah. everybody is yeah, that good yeah. as well. <laughs> And everybody, yeah, everybody yeah. wants the spot you want, right? And they don't really care. And so that is an adjustment period. And then, as you mentioned, you're going sometimes thousands of miles away from home. Mm-hmm. You're trying mm-hmm. to figure out who All you way, are first, right? Of, you're not yeah. with your family. You don't yeah. have your support system. <clears throat> so that is a really hard transition. So the more that we as coaches and we as parents can encourage our athletes to stick to this concept of making their pie and focusing on every Every piece of that pie. Right. There's going to be other aspects in our life that feed that success because we know as female athletes, right. We're wired to be perfectionists. And if you're an athlete, you're very driven and you want to be the best you can possibly be. And Mm -hmm. so failure is really, really hard. For us to accept when we're not good at something. If I can't perform, who am I? If I can't contribute, I'm worthless. Mm -hmm. And that is the self-talk as you, as you mentioned, that is so easy to spiral out of control. I'm worthless. I suck. Whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. The other piece, I mean, props Shelby to you and Alex for having the courage to know your friend, to be paying attention Mm -hmm. and have the courage to talk to coach about it. And, and, you know, the message to athletes, if you're listening, your circle of people that you surround yourself is crucial. And I encourage you to find people who one lift you up, who pay attention to get to know you. Right. And so when something is off, they know they can say, Hey, what's going on? Yeah. And they're not afraid to say, Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've got my friends from college, the same thing. Yeah. They'll be like, Hey,
1: we'll just call me out. Yeah. And I need them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, vice versa here, like Nancy was one of my, I mean, I, same thing as you, like I I went to the university of Arizona and I remember us sitting down at dinners and just kind of being like, what is happening? Like, this is like, (laughs) this is crazy. Like, but you're also pitchers,
0: right? So the amount of time that the pitching staff, spends together. Mm, you're, you're doing the same workouts in mm. the weight room. Yeah, You're in the same conditioning groups. You're doing bullpens together. Mm-hmm. You're probably in, in getting treatment in the um, training room mm-hmm. before <laughs> and after <laughs> icing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Study hall, like your schedules are very, very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys are, are best friends. Pitchers and catchers spend a lot yeah. of together. time together. Yeah. So probably room together mm-hmm. um, when you traveled. So there's so many things. So yeah. the fact that you you paid attention and you said so speaking up, you guys it's huge, can huge. save somebody's huge. life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It can save somebody's life. Absolutely. The other thing I want to talk about, and <clears throat> this is a topic that we will probably have about 17 episodes on, though, <laughs> <laughs> is education on proper nutrition for Absolutely. female athletes. Yeah. So when I graduated from high school, I was 130 pounds, right? I'm 5'10. When I came home from Christmas. After my freshman year at UF, I was 165 pounds and I had 13% body fat. Yeah. They put that 30, 35 pounds of muscle on me in the mm-hmm. weight room. Yeah. And yeah. I was strong a good and I was healthy, yes. right? Now, okay, I'm 38 years old. Mm-hmm. I will never, if we look at a number on the scale and, and athletes, I need you to hear me right now. Mm. I will never weigh less than 175 pounds. I'm 5'10 and I'm strong, mm-hmm. right? And healthy. And healthy yes. to maintain that. Yes. Yep. Guess what, you guys? I've had two kids. I wear a size 10 jeans and I'm okay with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Numbers don't matter. Don't. So we as female athletes cannot compare ourselves to our non athlete counterparts. We cannot do that. So, athletes that are listening, I need you to put that in your head and it in your head, right? Yeah. What I was even going to say, not
3: only being, like athlete, compare athlete to non athlete, but even po- po- certain positions, yeah. right? So outfielders, you know, gymnasts, volleyball players, mm-hmm. uh, rowers, all of them, they're a, lean, a leaner, if you will, what we want to call a leaner sport, mm-hmm. right? Versus somebody who maybe is catching. Or- Excuse me, Ali. Excuse me, Ali.
2: <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> you have
0: more I'm don't not you stereotype me? I'm not. Saying that,
3: I'm saying that the mindset. Yeah, the mindset. Right. I, I'm not saying because you. Well, it, I
0: mean, it, it's a stereotype. Right? That's right. I'm it's trying to get at, yeah. right? And yeah.
3: that's where they found in Did a lot just of call research. Me fat? No. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gosh, doesn't I, care because <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say yeah. though is that the mindset. That's where I was headed. That stereotype of a leaner position mm-hmm. or a leaner sport mm-hmm. versus somebody, oh, it's okay if they put on the weight, but I can't. Well, in research, right?
0: there is research that shows that athletes in those leaner type where, where they're wearing yeah. leotards, where they're wearing swimsuits, yes, where they're wearing spanks, the eating disorders are more are prevalent greater. because look at our uniforms. Yeah. Right? right. So, Absolutely. I mean, I will never, <laughs> when I go to shop for clothes, okay. I cannot wear women's cut shirts Because my shoulders are broad broad, and my arms are strong. That's a problem for me too. I can't wear them. Yeah, they don't. I have yours. It is. (laughs) Um, But the other piece that I want to touch on is the miscommunication or I guess lack of communication on what are calories and what do they do for your body Mm -hmm. and why are they necessary? I have so many conversations. I just had one last night with my athletes and I said, are you eating enough food? Mm -hmm. And the way that I couch it to them is your calories are fuel. Yeah. They are fuel for your body. So you think about a race car. All right. For any of you who understand racing, race cars take a very high octane fuel. It's the most high performance, leanest and richest gasoline they put in their tank because those race cars have to go as fast as they possibly can. Right Mm -hmm. now. Think about the food that you put in your mouth as that octane, as that fuel you put in your car, Mm -hmm. okay? Our French fries and our pizzas are that Mm -hmm. low-grade, low-performance, low-grade, low-results. Your chickens, your veggies, right? Those are your high-octanes. Now, here's the kicker. I ate five meals a day at the University of Florida Mm -hmm. because that is what my body needed to sustain the demand and performance Mm -hmm. that I was expecting out of it. Yeah right? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to go to 6 a.m. lifts and conditions, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to go to class and be able to mentally focus and pay attention, okay? Yep. If I'm going to be able to catch two bullpens a day on top of a three-hour practice, and then I'm going to be able to study at night, my brain and my body required the caloric intake. Mm-hmm. It, I needed to eat because it needed that fuel to keep me going. Yep. And so I, I had a, a kid like Katie, right? Katie, dad, yeah. this mm-hmm. summer. Katie's workouts, and we talked about her off season. We know it was legit. And I asked Katie, I said, Katie, are you eating enough? And she kind of walked me through what she's eating. And she, I mean, she was eating, but I said, Katie, I
3: Even
0: need more. you to leave my facility and I need you to go to Chipotle and eat a big ass grilled chicken burrito. Right and you need guacamole and you <laughs> need cheese and you <laughs> all need the, good, all the good You stuff. need the healthy fats, yeah. right? Yeah. Because your body needs that to grow and mm. to thrive. Yeah. We can't expect to put a quarter of a tank of fuel. In our car and drive a thousand miles. Yeah, it right. won't do it. It shuts down, which is exactly what happened in your case, Nancy. Mm-hmm. So, the misinformation yeah. that is out there. Yeah, about food. And about eating. food. Yeah, and yeah. you know, comparing ourselves to our non-athlete counterparts. Yeah, and that's really where a lot of the struggle comes into place. A, a very one of my best friends, her senior year, went on an Atkins low carb diet. She was a pitcher. Rockstar. And guess what happened? She tore her bicep in the middle of the game. Yep. Right. Yep. ended her career. Yep.
3: Well, and you can also think about it. And I, when I working with girls um, from the mental perspective is when we talk about food, because again, that whole, that whole pie and mm-hmm. everything and mm-hmm. um, is, I, I've always explained the food is like, if you have your computer and you have your battery, mm-hmm. the food is like the electric. Charge going yeah. into the it computer, keeps it running. right? Absolutely. Because our brains are our computer. So I use that analogy. Yeah. And Nancy, you, you spoke to it like you couldn't even think in class anymore, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You, were, you were not focused, and you went from a high-performing student. Here, I hear perfection, perfection, strive, 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 so I can feel and like then I'm thriving. negative self-talk, negative self-talk, and then you start punish yourself down. for low
1: performance, right? Yeah. So I
3: punish myself. I don't eat the pizza. I don't eat the brownie. It's a never-ending right? cycle. Um, <laughs> Where, and, and there's, a, there are those people who punish themselves with overeating too. I mean, we, we haven't even talked about that, right. Mm-hmm. But, but in the athleticism, we know it's, it's mm-hmm. the opposite, but then you can't even perform mentally yeah. and then you could, and then you weren't performing on the field. Right. And so were there, was there any skills that you learned in your, um, in all the therapies, because you said you had many different kinds coming at you, that helped you overcome that in your in in your head. Like because st- I always work with the girls, like staying in front of the voice in your mm-hmm. head for a positive outcome, so we can spiral up instead of down. So, were there any techniques or tools that you learned? So, a big thing for me
2: was my therapist there told me that I needed to start journaling, and so yeah. that's why I still have to journal. But he told me for any one negative thing that I have, I have to write three positive things.
0: Ooh, I love that.
2: Yeah. So It's beautiful. Yeah. And then every time he said, he would check my journal every once in a while and just say, just let me see the three positive things. Just let me see it. Are you writing your three positive things? Yeah. So I would start every single night. I would write three good things that I did that day, beautiful. three good things that I was proud of. And then I was allowed to have one, but, or something that it wasn't a negative. It was, what do I want to improve tomorrow? Yeah. Instead of like, yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: I sucked at this. It was like, I didn't do this as good as I thought I did. And this yeah. is why, and this is how I'm going to tackle it. So it was, it was kind of learning how to switch that mindset of not just you suck you're a POS be better. Uh-huh. It was okay. You weren't good at this. What do you want to do to improve upon that? And what do you like about yourself while you're at it? What did you do? That was good today. Mm-hmm. Right. So kind of trying to switch that and be more kind to yourself.
0: Well, it's it's so true because I tell my athletes all the time. If you don't, if you don't achieve one of your short-term goals, it doesn't mean you You suck at life and you Uh should go do something else. It means what do we need need to to adjust tomorrow to to achieve that? So did you notice Nancy, the more that you did that, that your mindset and your thought process started to change?
2: Yes. Um, the biggest thing was instead of fearing failure, I tried to start using failure as a learning tool.
0: And it's something
2: that I had been told to do prior, but I didn't really understand how to go about it. Mm -hmm. And that was a, that was a big thing for me was just kind of accepting that this failure happened. I wasn't, didn't do this, but this is what I'm going to do to make sure that I can maybe achieve that later on in life or later on in the year, whatever that goal may be. So one of the, one of
3: the things when I'm all of, all of the female athletes I work with, I teach magic. It's called mm-hmm. magics. Make a greater individual contribution mm-hmm. to your day. So I often will text like, what was your magic today? Go make mm-hmm. magic happen. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I hear you saying because what we do know from research for every one negative comment that's actually told to you. It takes 21 positives to re- erase that one negative. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that you're telling yourself, you can, you can do three. That's why they, you know, that makes so much sense because it was journal, but when an exterior voice or something from the culture environment climate, so like when you yeah. were talking about people were saying, oh, is you, you're losing weight. That was actually, even though that came across positive, right. Mm-hmm. That was something that it took 21 times to re, to remove that for you but it made it right? feel like you
0: were accomplishing
3: but it made something. it feel like you're accomplishing yeah. something so um it it is such a powerful force when yes. we have those exterior voices and culture pushing on that because yeah. it will
1: erase that and i kind of i want to talk about a little bit too is you overcame this right and i'm sure you still have things that are hard um <clears throat> excuse me but i mean i have some athletes right now that are that are going through this. Right. And Nancy, I had you reach out to one of them, but I, um, I know that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Right. And I kind of want you to talk about that a little bit because you overcame this and you came back to the University of Arizona. I remember you surprising me and Alex at the UCLA game. And I started bawling before the game. (laughs) I was just so excited to see you, um, and just see how excited and happy you were and just color to you. And you just looked so happy. And I just want you to talk about you know, the overcoming it and that there is that light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely a process. It's not something where you
2: go to bed, you wake up, go to rehab and everything's sunshine. And it's, yeah, absolutely. it's, it's a constant battle. And I remember when I first came back, um, I was talking to, I think it was Bruce or Dr. Athey. I can't remember which one, but they were saying you need to take time because think of it this way. It's like an injury right? You have people who have ACL injuries and you see the scar and you know that they're slowly trying to recover. Cause for me, exercise was a big thing. And they said, think of it like you have this injury, but you don't have a scar. So you need to take time to come mm-hmm. back and slowly reintroduce yourself to, um, it's your physical therapy, being an athlete really like again, to right? Because yeah. it was be so easy. And I am very thankful to coach. God bless that man. Thankful to Bruce. God bless him. And Dr. Athey and my team and everybody, because they helped me ease into it. They weren't like, oh, you're back, you're good. It was very much a okay, we know that this is going to be a long process. I remember somebody told me it's like a seven year recovery that you can officially be like, okay, I'm good now. Like five to seven. It's it's a long time. Mm -hmm. And um they made sure they were on top of it. If they saw me going too hard in workouts, they'd be like, "Mm, nope, sorry. (laughs) You Get 30 minutes.
0: <laughs> what if we ever had that problem? Nope, yeah, I, it know, I,
2: you know, know, I got off. It off. No. <laughs> yep, sorry. Um, and then coach would constantly check up on me, like, How are you doing? How are you doing? Come to my office, come have a talk with me. And um, our trainer Rob, he would be like, Okay, I'm gonna check your weight, but you're not allowed to see it, so here you go. And like, they were just very, very good with that. But yeah, um, the thing is, is I went to the main rehab and then I had an outpatient one in Tucson, and so I was trying to be like, learn how to balance doing this, going to rehab after practices and stuff like that. And then going into school and being a student athlete, hanging out with friends. But it was just <clears throat> I think the biggest thing for me was kind of the wake up call. When I went there, I was like, okay, I need help. And then I started working towards it every single day. Mm-hmm. Every single day. And it honestly took years for me to be comfortable
1: with it yeah.
2: and comfortable with who I am and so on and so forth. Cause I mean, that first year that I was back, there was definitely still a lot of little behaviors and stuff that I had to constantly battle. It's not
0: a light and, switch. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: And so it's just kind of having a good support team around you was very beneficial, but knowing yourself and trying to, trying to stay positive and know that the benefits outweigh going back to that. Cause that's comfortable. It yeah. is so comfortable to beat yourself up. It is so comfortable to just punish yourself. It's easy. Yeah. What's hard is being like, kind to yourself and accepting those failures and learning from them. And it's just That's every day trying to bring yourself closer to that light at the end of the time, yeah. you could see yeah. it, but you want to see it get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the cl- closer you get to that light, the dimmer that light back there gets yeah. that, that, that darkness, it goes away. Yeah. Um, and it, it never fully goes away. There's, there's still little thoughts. Um, I'm sure I knew somebody who was an alcoholic who kind of compared it to that. They said, um, knowing that you have kind of an issue like that with alcoholism, most times people walk away from it completely to where they're like, I'm done with you. Get out of my life. Um, with food, it's harder because it's, it's a daily part because your body needs it you have to consume it. Working out is very healthy. Very healthy outlet it helps you be stronger and you can't just walk away from that mm. um, failure every day is not something that you can just be like well you suck now it's something that you encounter every single day mm-hmm. and it's it's embracing those and saying you know what you know what's really cool is to be strong love being oh, strong love that love mm-hmm. that love. right and it's like valuing your life and valuing the people around you and as you said doing the magic like an individual contribution what did you do to make sure that you know what? I love helping others. And so that's something that I take pride in. And that's kind of um, why I want to be a nurse now. Cause I, I love seeing awesome. people in their dark times and being able to help them through it. Cause I know what it's like to kind of be in your own head and go through something hard, Yeah, but it's sure. just never, not never, but trying to constantly keep moving towards that light and keep kind of making yourself better every single day and accepting the things that you maybe didn't achieve and just kind of learning and growing from it if
0: so. So yeah. if, is there a piece of advice that you can share with our um, middle school, high school, college female athletes that may be listening right now that may be struggling with some of this stuff? Maybe, maybe it's body image. Maybe they're trying to lose weight because the number on the scale. Is there something that you can give them? Everybody is different. Your body will never be like somebody else's.
2: You are built a certain way and you are a unique individual. Embrace that. Love yourself. Food is not the enemy. Numbers do not matter at the end of the day. What matters is that you're happy, that you're smiling, that you're comfortable, that you have people around you that can support you and that you can support. And it's just, it's so easy to get wrapped up, especially nowadays with Instagram, when oh. you're constantly seeing all these yeah. people who are who are perfect. A lot of it's fake. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. filters, it's Photoshop, it's lighting, yep. it's it's all these things and it's embrace who you
0: are. We know that now, right? Yeah, yeah we know now. that, but when I mean yeah. gosh, thank God Instagram and Facebook didn't exist when I was in high school.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, and it's a it
0: Same. is yeah, like <laughs> and everyone's like, how old are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, <So> <laughs> that that it's an amazing, it's an amazing message, Nancy. And thank you so much. Yeah. You know, I wanna I wanna touch on something really quickly before you give us some, some mental, yeah. um, tools for our listeners, parents and coaches, I need you to understand how much your words, oh, how much weight head. that they carry. I'm, I'm going to share a couple of stories. And I'm going to add
3: in there, not to, but
0: teammates as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just words in general, when we talk about this, but, and, it, and it's yeah. specific to female athletes, It know? is, and that's- um, Katie, I'm just going to share Katie Dak again, right? Katie's very strong. We know, yeah. Katie. she loves to lift. Mm-hmm. She's strong and she's good. She's a rock star. Yeah. Very healthy. She had a home run this summer that short hopped a 300 foot fence. Absolutely tore the cover off this ball. Mm-hmm. She's rounding the bases and somebody from the opposing team shouts, check her for steroids. This is a female athlete. This kid is in high school. Yeah. That was a grown adult who made that yeah. comment. Yeah. Okay. And it, and, and Katie's a very confident young lady but it stuck with her to where she came in my door 4 days later and she said what is it not okay to be strong right yeah that cut her inside yeah so parents these are humans.
3: humans these yeah.
0: are kids these are girls coaches and 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 guys i'm talking to you okay you are coaching a female athlete and you cannot speak to a female athlete the way that you, you do, do. a male athlete and i and i have a young lady <clears throat> who genetically okay, battles, she, she's just a, she's a, a bigger, stronger gal. She's not fat. Mm-hmm. Nope. She's not lazy. She works hard. Mm-hmm. She just is the way that the good Lord made her is She's she is a little stronger than, than you and I. Yeah. Right. Which mm-hmm. is okay. Cause everyone's body's different. Right. Nancy. Mm-hmm. At the end of the season, she saw her playing time go down. Okay. And she went to coach and of a meeting with coach and said, Hey, what, you know, what can I work on to, to get back in the game? And I, and I'm trying to think the exact words, but here's what she heard. Okay. And this is what I need you guys to know is perception is reality, regardless of the specific words that he said, here's what she heard. You need to lose weight. You didn't play because you're fat. Oh, wow. It, it, right. I got a message from mom that night that said, my kid is broken. This broke her, told me what happened. And I reached out to her immediately. And I had some colorful words with her because, excuse me, I'm going to, I'm going to drop a curse word friends. I said, (laughs) that's bullshit. And we all know it. Mm -hmm. Don't you ever, ever for one minute, think that you're fat and guess what? He does not get to steal any of your time or energy. Now, six months later, mom let her blood pressure come down Mm -hmm. enough to where she could address this with his coach. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, I am so sorry, let's talk about this. That is not what he defended. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was taken out of context. I don't really care what you meant to say. It's It's the the words that you chose to use in Um, that moment and how she took it. Yeah. Now by the grace of God, she's got an incredible support system and Mm -hmm. she's a very strong young lady, but don't you for one minute think that it doesn't affect her every day. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Every single day.
0: So parents and coaches and teammates, these are human beings that we're talking about Mm -hmm. and you need to be mindful of the words that you use. Absolutely. Yep. All right. I'm off myself.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, when when we start thinking about this, I can think about just different stories that different girls tell they come home and, um, there, there was a player and she was on a team and, um, at a Juco team. And one day she decided to cut her beautiful blonde hair short. She was tired of pulling it up. She wanted it short. It was easier. Mm -hmm. And her playtime went down. And then she started noticing that she started noticing that all the girls that were playing had long, beautiful blonde hair and had the bubbles and all of that. And so it, it, mm. it affects you, but, yes. and so part of the conversation we were having today was body image and and who we are and what it comes. And so it does come back to that coaching. So I mean, I, we can all probably sit here and think of stories and stories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that back into your story, Nancy. Thank you so much. Um, of course. And thank you for being an inspiration and sh- vulnerable and all of that for and sharing and being yeah, an or example just, yeah. and um, a resource for for other. Female athletes. What we do know is that this is um, females battle this three times more than males, um, and for whatever reason—environment, society, internal, um, other other complexities in there, such as anxieties and depressions—but mm-hmm. we do we do struggle with it three times more yeah. than our males, and we also know that inside of sport, so we have a discrepancy between how we see ourselves how society thinks the ideal person woman yeah. is and then you throw athleticism on top so female athletes it's a higher percentage inside female athleticism and I think that there there seems to be a lot more movement out there um, inside of coaching and mm-hmm. staffing and um, getting resources for athletes and being more aware um, like Ashley said, "Amazing friend you are." Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> to you and Alex, I think you said Alex, Alex right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. To stand up and and stand up in maybe in a diverse situation where they maybe they I don't know you didn't really speak about it but you might be feeling as a friend going against your
1: friend by going and talking to yeah. somebody, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and I mean, in reality, at that point you were denying it, but. Yeah. You knew. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I didn't really care at yeah. that point. Yeah. I mean, I care so much for this girl that I just didn't mm-hmm. care at that point. We were going to yeah. get it solved or figured out or whoever yeah. could help us. And um, that, that's where I was at. I mean, I care so much for this person. And that's that,
3: that is love. Yeah. Absolutely. That right there is love. I do love you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Honest, it's a way that you showed a, yeah. a love towards your friend yeah. and respect for her and who she yeah. is and, and, could, and
0: still needed to be. And talk about, the power of coaches yeah yeah I never played for coach Cantrea but oh my god but damn
3: that's all we hear you you look at you
0: look at the man's wins and losses and you go wow Mm -hmm. but listening to the way that he loves his athletes Mm -hmm. off the field and he Mm -hmm. cares about them as people you Nancy Chelsea I mean he told Chelsea
1: I don't care if you play an inning for me I'm going to pay for your education. Well, I'm pretty sure he said the same thing to Nancy, too. Like, you go get healthy. You don't have to worry about this. Like, we've got it covered. Yeah. 100%. He's like, well, I mean, coach, damn.
0: Right. And And we love you. (laughs) I love you. I I I had the pleasure (laughs) of meeting you, but I just want to shake your hand. I think we need to go
3: follow him around and watch. watch, pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah, And then just, you
0: know, (laughs) coaches out there understand that. Your worth and your impact and your influence yeah. goes way beyond teaching winning games and teaching people mm-hmm. to hit and, and catch and pitch. Right, it's-
3: and positivity. Gets you long-term results where negativity yeah. gets well, you short-term. Yeah, right? absolutely. And he, I, I have a note actually here yeah. that he is the
1: example of positivity and, and influence yeah, in some love. of his life. Well, and and we all, he has the positive results he has yeah. with all of his players. Well, and it's pretty amazing too. Like I still get a happy birthday from him every single Same. year. I mean, I get a Merry Same. Christmas, a Happy New Year. So, I mean, he he's still very, it's it's a family built tradition and it's, it's super cool. It's and awesome. Built. It's amazing cool, right? We
0: have we have taken up a lot, a lot of time yeah. times yeah. so we I
1: should probably yeah,
3: stop talking. Yeah. I just <laughs> want to say for all of our athletes, our girls out there if you're listening and you hear anything that you relate to inside of Nancy's story today, um we as a team here want to encourage you to reach out to somebody you feel safe with talking to, um to a healthcare provider, your doctor, um your coach if you feel that's a safe anybody that you feel safe. Um and if it's, you don't have anybody pop, reach out to reach us, we're here. Yep.
0: Softball Please. at behind the dish dot us will come straight to us. Yep. We,
3: it comes straight into us. We're the ones that receive it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will be more than happy to reach out and um, help support you and find support. Yep. Parents, coaches, or teammates. If you are listening, if somebody, if a, a female athlete, athlete, daughter, whoever it is comes to you and is telling you they need help, help them listen, Dice listen, them. Yeah. listen, listen, no judgment. And even if they don't want to talk mom or dad, that they say, I need to talk to my doctor, be the bus driver, they let them hold that map. Let you be the driver and you take them in and let them have that conversation and wait for them to talk to you. Don't pry. Prying will make it worse in some regard. But There's an
0: element of paying attention but and, pay tr- and, trusting attention and trust and yeah. trust,
3: trust, trust. So yeah. Thank you, Nancy. Um, of thank you so, thank you so much. Such a pleasure to meet you. Um, super
1: inspiring, girl. Super
3: inspiring. And for to find this podcast, we're on mm-hmm. all of the platforms out there, Behind the Dish uh, Softball. Our website, Behind the Dish so, Behind the Dish. <laughs> you, <can do laughs> <this,
0: girl. laughs> you can do this, girl. You can do this.
3: I am like caught up in other things behind the dish dot uh, us
0: yep. all social media <laughs> all platforms social media. all the things like subscribe follow share Jeez. um and if there's anything that you any topics you would like us to, to discuss and bring up email us at softball Please. at behind the dish us because we want we want to talk about things that are Authentic and relevant to what what to everybody everybody's
3: what you have going on out there. Yeah, all right. Want to hear about? Yes, Nancy. Thank you. So, thank so you much. so much,
1: girl. <laughs> Everyone, go make it a great day. Absolutely. Go
3: make your magic.
1: All right. We'll see you later, guys. Bye. Wow. Okay. I okay. have my dog. In the <laughs> your oh
3: dog's
2: are
1: freezing. Woo!
3: It's windy outside, Nancy, and her dog's oh, is really? <laughs>
0: staring at us. It's oh, sorry, poor baby. Oh, nice. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh.
1: Thank you so much, Nancy.
0: Of course. Thank you for spending your time with us today. We appreciate the opportunity to get to share our experiences and knowledge with you. If you haven't had a chance yet, please hit that subscribe button so you can tune in on future episodes. And be sure to follow us on social media at Behind the Dish SB for future episode information and guests. Make it a great day.